Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. I would really look at your housing needs and your housing cost. Housing's usually in the top two as a primary expense for people. It's usually taxes and housing. Do you really need a five, six, seven bedroom house if it's just you and a couple kids? Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Welcome back, best ever listeners, to another episode of Passive Investor Tips, a short series dedicated to passive investors. I'm your host, Travis Watts. Thank you for being here. Today's episode, we're on episode number three, is called The Four Pillars to Financial Independence. Everybody is unique and different in what they would do with financial freedom. What we all have in common, at least my opinion, is that we're in a pursuit to some form of financial freedom. So in today's episode, these are the four pillars that I used personally to get to financial independence. Of course, as always, not a promise, not a guarantee, not financial advice. It may or may not, quite frankly, be the right fit for you, but I do think there's some practical takeaways, if nothing else. 
If you've heard me speak on stage or at various events, sometimes I do cover these, but I want to dive into a little more detail in today's episode. So step number one is to earn as much money as you can using your highest and best earning potential. So let's break that down. This is where you have to dissect for yourself what is your highest and best earning potential. I'll share with you quickly, years ago, my journey was basically working in oil and gas. I worked 100 hours per week. I was a W-2 employee, and I also flipped homes on the side for additional income when I had the spare time, which was quite rare, and I also had some long-term buy-and-hold rentals. That was my highest and best earning potential. So I encourage you to think, what could you do actively as a side business or a side hustle to potentially generate some extra income to tag on to whatever you're doing now? Or could you potentially pivot careers and what you're doing full time to something that pays better in the short run to get you to the ultimate goal that you're after? All right, number two is live on as little of your income as possible and as practical for a period of time. This is not forever. I don't advocate using coupons and living below your means till the day you die. This is just call it five or 10 years while you're on the active pursuit, the active journey. Try to have a high savings rate. For me back when, let's just use some simple math. These aren't the exact numbers, but I think you'll get the point. If I made $100,000 working full-time in oil and gas, I made $75,000 per year on fix and flip properties, and maybe I had $25,000 per year in passive income from my long-term rentals. If you tag all that together, that's $200,000. I'm using that for example purposes only, but those numbers are probably not too far off from what it was. So I had a 70% savings rate. So that meant that my lifestyle, all my personal expenses were 60,000 or below. Now we're not having the tax conversation. We're not going to get into the weeds about all that. I'm just simply saying, take your total gross income. How much can you possibly save for a period of time? For me, it was around 70%. I still maintain today a pretty high savings rate, but it's not as high as it was back then. Step number three is to invest the difference in something that produces positive passive income. So what we're talking about is the difference between what you're earning and what you're using to live on, that margin and in between the two, invest. And this is where a lot of people fall short. They either don't invest, so they're savers, so they're just putting money in the bank for a rainy day or for something one day that might pop up. They're spending their money and living at their means, not below their means, or they are investing, but instead they're using a buy low and sell high strategy, which as we know this year in 2022 and as past examples, it doesn't always work in your favor in recessionary periods when the markets are down, when government policy changes, things like that. You could be without an income for one year, two year, three years, and you can lose a lot of money during those periods of time. So the key to being a successful long-term investor is to focus on passive income and or cash flow. I covered this topic a little more broadly in episode number two, Are You Investing or Speculating? I'm not going to rehash it all out here. So check out episode two if you want to learn a little bit more about that. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. When it comes to scaling your real estate business, is lack of capital holding you back? Raising private capital on demand can be a major challenge, but you can get the knowledge and tools you need to succeed when you attend Dana Cornell's four-week Raise Capital Masterclass Live. After starting out with no capital or relationships, Dana has raised over $1 billion twice in the past 20 years. 
and he has made it his mission to share the best of what he's learned with business owners and investors like you. You can learn more at danacornell.com forward slash best ever. Dana's Raise Capital Masterclass Live allows you to immediately unlock and raise capital on demand, drastically increasing your business's growth. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, go to danacornell.com forward slash best ever to enroll today. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at passiveinvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. Passiveinvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Investing investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit passiveinvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's passiveinvesting.com forward slash red flags. Pillar number four is to avoid bad debt. We're talking about high interest debt. We're talking about credit card debt. We're talking about personal loan debt. Here's the simplest way I can paint it for you, the way I look at it anyway. If I can reasonably and conservatively invest in something that produces passive income and that investment has a higher yield than my debt, I'm not focused on paying off the debt. I'll give you a couple quick examples. So let's assume that I have student loan debt at 3% annualized interest. And let's say that I can conservatively and reasonably invest in a real estate project that gives me a 7% annualized yield. So any spare money I have, any savings, quote unquote, I'm going to put into the real estate deal because I'm going to be earning more than what I'm owing in the debt. But on the flip side, if I have credit card debt at 15% annualized and I can only achieve a 7% reasonable and conservative yield in something else, I'm going to focus on paying off the credit card debt first. So hopefully that makes sense. And those are my four pillars. Same disclaimer as I gave earlier. It may not be right for you. You may not jive with all that, but hopefully there's a few practical takeaways. Some additional thoughts I just want to share real quickly on financial independence or money in general. I always recommend having a budget. Even if you think you don't need a budget, have a budget. I've kept a budget, believe it or not, since high school when I had my first job. And the reason is you have to know where your money is going and flowing at all times. You could ask me today about any bill or expense that I have, and I could probably estimate that within about 10 to $15. You could ask me about a water bill, electric bill, insurance premiums, property taxes, what I spend on gas or food every month. I really do hold myself accountable. I really do take it serious, and it really is the fundamental core to this conversation. The second thing I would say, I would really look at your housing needs and your housing cost. Housing's usually in the top two as a primary expense for people. It's usually taxes and housing. Do you really need a five, six, seven bedroom house if it's just you and a couple kids? Or is there a portion of your house that you could rent out? Maybe you have a guest house in the back or maybe you want to move into a duplex and rent half of it out. There's different strategies, different ways to go about it. If you're younger, like I was when I was 20, 21, I had roommates. So that helped pay for my mortgage. 
my wife and I discovered after years of owning homes that were 2,200 square foot, 2,600 square foot, 2,400 square foot, that we really only lived in about half of the house most of the time. And so we were wasting a lot of money on utilities and bills and property taxes and maintenance. So here in recent years, even with the addition of our newborn son about six months ago and our family now expanding in size, we decided that 1,300 square foot in a 3-2 size home, one story suits our needs best, and then we don't have any eggs excess waste. Not saying that's the right choice for you, but it is something to consider. We've also gone back and forth throughout the years on renting by choice and then owning. So it's not always that one's better than the other. It really depends, especially when you're a full-time investor, you're always having to look at costs and percentages and ROI and what the markets are doing. So you might actually conclude that in your particular market, it's better to be a renter than a buyer right now or vice versa, depending on where you live. The last thing to keep in mind is that the journey to financial independence certainly takes time. It takes a lot of effort, energy. It takes a lot of self-discipline. If it were easy, everybody would do it. Everybody would be financially independent. So I'll leave you with this last stat to think about. The United States of America has the most millionaire households of anywhere in the world and even with that, in a recent survey conducted by a firm called Spectrum, they do a lot of financial reporting, only about 10% of U.S. households are millionaire households when you exclude primary residents. So as I always say, this stuff is simple, but not easy. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Passive Investor Tips. I'm your host, Travis Watts. As always, my goal is to keep these episodes short, tight, to the point, and give you as much value and as short of amount of time as possible. Have a best ever week, and we'll see you in the next episode.